Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode hello hello welcome back to the consummate athlete podcast peter how's it going it's going well yeah we're back in the snow so more indoor times which is always tough but we're we're getting by and and you how are you doing post 100 we're coaching clients on friday mornings and that felt fine although i haven't actually watched myself in in post here so i don't really know it might have looked a lot more pathetic than it felt um but generally speaking feeling okay but i've done a couple of spins on the the bike inside and Man, even even just rolling 100, 110 watts is uh, definitely muscularly challenging uh, afterwards. So I get off the bike and I try to go upstairs or like bend my leg and like my quad is just like, what have you done? Right. So. right. Yeah, it's interesting how the body responds in the, the weeks after, right? So you need to be gentle after these large ordeals, especially with running. It's so muscular. Uh, so lots of content on the site has gone up. Uh, yeah, about yeah. your 100 miler. Yep, doing a bunch, have a bunch more up this week as well. Um, and I will throw out there that this is not just content that only can be consumed by people who are contemplating a 100 miler. I do think like the fueling, the gear, all of that, like just night running, all of that kind of stuff can actually be super relevant to pretty much any kind of ultra goal, whether sure. we're talking, you know, biking or running. And I think even I'm going to do a post later this week that's um, or post coming out later this week on what I wish I'd done differently. And I think that's actually a super relevant one for literally any racer just to kind of see how someone thinks through, okay, a race went well or, or it didn't go well, but like, what do we actually take from the race and kind of work on for next time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all yeah, right. I'm, I'm excited for, for all of that. Um, but I'm also super, super excited for our guest today. We have Erin Eastick. Uh, so she is, uh, <laughs> according to her bio over at Undercard, this awesome boxing gym out of Calgary, uh, engineer at a sport tech company by day, fitness instructor by night. Erin uh, is the poster child for an all-day, everyday athlete. So when I, when I first saw that description of her as I was trying to find someone to talk about boxing and boxing gyms, uh, all day, every day athlete. Sounds an awful lot like consummate athlete, does it not? For sure. Yeah. And she has a, a varied background. She's worked in cycling power meters. Yeah. Yeah. So she was over at 4i for cycling power uh, before coming on as the product manager for Kinetics. Which is uh, now running power. Running power. Actually, so it's not running power. It's insole based power uh, that can measure power like coming from you for a variety of different okay so this movements could be walking power walking power okay so it's actually a fascinating story and we have uh, another person from kinetics who's going to be on next month uh not sponsored by the way just uh this company has just brought on so many really nifty people who are doing really cool things in sports and have super varied backgrounds so in sports. Is, is this like instagram or where where would people maybe follow 
kinetics yeah i'd follow kinetics over on instagram they also have a podcast i was on the human kinesome project uh, that's interviewing all different types of athletes very honestly not that dissimilar to some of the early days of consummate athlete when we were really getting into you know nfl and nascar and a a much wider variety of i'm excited that we're talking mostly about boxing though today and and more fitness boxing and not or is this like slugging it out mike tyson style both this is the cool part so undercard is much more of a a fitness dancey like music based boxing experience where you're getting a lot of technique but it's still much more on the cardio side of things so uh, we were talking about how that's actually kind of an awesome introduction into boxing if you're you know new to it uh, people might remember i took my first boxing lesson back in january and then uh, went to a group class the week after and had you know the the private session was super cool the group class was definitely more on the intimidating oh gosh like how do i even get into this side of things um so i feel like this gym would actually be great for someone who you know, really wanted to get started in boxing and just kind of needed a an comfortable entry point um, but then actually aaron does muay thai uh, where she's actually still like training it <clears throat> and actually going to a muay thai gym a few times a week and you know training there and she also does a fair bit of a strength and conditioning coaching and and lifting herself uh, so we sort of talk about what her her routines look like for teaching and and fighting and lifting and all of that stuff but yeah i really i really liked talking about getting into boxing because i do think for anyone i mean women in particular but i'm going to say endurance athletes too a lot of a lot of us might feel really awkward heading into a boxing gym for for a session Picture it for yourself. A little intimidating, yes? Well, I think doing anything new, right, is, is uncomfortable. But I mean, the thing is that some of these sports will let us, you know, do things when we're injured or the when the weather is not conducive to other sports. Uh, so that's that's the idea, right, is trying these things that are a little uncomfortable, which A, tends to be usually an interesting experience, if not something you continue in the future. And then, yeah, you know, gives you some options, right? And that's really what we're all about here is this, this consummate athlete idea, right, having options to adapt yeah and my favorite consummate athlete part of boxing is uh i think i mentioned it before they do or what one instructor called it for me was the the boxing salsa so the footwork as you're like moving around the ring with someone actually does resemble dancing like a salsa or a tango with someone where you know they put a foot back and your foot slides forward uh, and you know you're shuffling around like that and Erin was actually saying she can tell when she's doing classes who's taken dance lessons and who hasn't uh, because the dance lesson people are always much quicker to pick up the footwork and even the the left and right. So this is yet another like, okay, well, if you take some salsa classes, you might actually find boxing is much more comfortable hmm. or vice versa. Well, there you go. Skill transfer. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I think this is just such an interesting kind of different thing for us, but you know, hopefully you like it and hopefully it sort of inspires you to maybe look up, if not boxing, maybe just another kind of interesting class that just sort of speaks to you, intrigues you, strikes your fancy, and uh, and try it out. So without further ado, let's get into this chat with Erin Eastick. Erin, welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm so excited to have an all-day, everyday athlete uh, on, the, on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Excited to be here. Okay, so... I, I kind of came into to meeting you through our mutual friend, Joanne, who works with you at Kinetics. And she mentioned you because you work at a boxing gym called Undercard. So uh, maybe maybe it's actually better if we just start with you explaining what exactly you, you do for work. 
What do I do for work? Well, it's, it kind of ties into what I do for fun. Yeah, um, work, so. fun. Yeah, you're, you're like me. It's all kind of one big happy oh, family. <laughs> and then sometimes I get money in my bank account for it. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my day job, I work with Joanna at Kinetics. So um, we're actually a break off of a medical company called Orpix um, that was building sensorized insoles for people with peripheral neuropathy. And um, there was interest in bringing this over to the sport front. Um, and so you can imagine um, creating a product that has applications through running, through cycling, through all sorts of sports with a kind of a main metric behind it. And so prior to my time at Kinetics, I was actually working at a power meter company for cycling. And oh. so for me, there was a lot of parallels between uh, what we saw going on in the cycling industry. So um, power being like this main metric, um, the one that you live, you die by, um, super independent of heart rate, a lot of external factors. Um, so I could see that kind of paralleling into uh, the Kinetics product. Um, so I started at Kinetics about a year ago. Um, it's been very exciting there. Um, but I got involved through that through my um, other job at Undercard Boxing Studio. So Joanna had originally started uh, Undercard with a couple other ladies, um, focused on making boxing more inviting to um, people who may be intimidated going into a boxing gym in general. So it's kind of like that spin um, boxing to the beat while bringing in the um, the technicalities of boxing without getting hit. So um, I was involved there for about two years. I met Corey, who's the president of Kinetics. He was one of the clients of mine, as well as Joanna. And um, it was just a, a really great move over to uh, Kinetics for me um, from the Power Meter Company. Okay, this is such a wildly diverse group of things that you do. What is what did you study in school that brought you to power meters and endurance sport? And then also, I guess, like what what was your sort of fitness trajectory that got you toward the boxing side? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a little un, uh, not conventional. So as far as education goes, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, but I specialized in biomedical engineering. And so I went through the University of Calgary and this was a, the biomedical part of my degree was, it felt just like more fun. It wasn't so much the super tricky math stuff that you go through mechanical engineering with, but it was the, um, hey, this is the cool areas you can take it. This is the biology behind it. And so although sports wasn't necessarily um, a huge aspect of that, it was definitely the health and wellness side part behind it. And so growing up, as far as athletics go, I was like, you know, I played teen sports growing up, but I was actually um, into horses and music for my teen years. And so um, it's not your your traditional song from Canada. Well, every, all girls play soccer, like that's the, the usual and I play school soccer, but that wasn't like athletics weren't a, an enormous part of my, my childhood growing up. Activity was being active being outside was, but it wasn't your traditional team sports. Um, then I got to university and so engineering, anyone who's been through engineering, any aspect of it, it's really challenging. And I found myself really struggling with a lot of the subject matter. I found myself having a really hard time with um, 
the sitting all day. I was so used to being outside a lot as a teenager that having to sit and study and like really drill stuff was getting to me. Um, and then fitness became a started kind of creeping into my life that way. And um, so I mentioned that undercard has more of that kind of spin flavor on it where you're doing it to music. And so I actually initially got into spin um, with my dad and my sister. And so, um, wait, hang on. That, your dad was doing spin. Oh, my dad. Okay. My dad is, um, he's, uh, he was there for the music and the activity. So he liked the music aspect of it. Uh, when we were teenagers, he'd take my sister and I to Coachella, like way before Coachella was, you know, the party that everyone was going to, he was oh, wow. like an OG Coachella goer. So he was there like, great. Someone's going to curate a playlist for me. I get to ride in the dark. Um, so he started going, my sister started going and it just kind of turned into a family thing. And um, yeah, from there got into instructing spin and then um, kind of boutique fitness became a passion of mine. And I found it, I found it really approachable for people who might not necessarily have these really solid athletic backgrounds. Um, and so from there, I got into the boutique fitness with the boutique boxing and, um, yeah, now I'm, now I'm in doing Muay Thai. So that's like not the boutique thing anymore, but still kind of teaching in the boutique world. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Um, okay. I'm going to come back to kinetics for like two seconds because yeah. I find the, the fact that you have the cycling background is actually super interesting because I haven't gotten a fantastic explanation of this yet. Can you explain mm -hmm. cycling power versus run power, especially like in the kinetics sense of it? Like, how is it, how is it related? How is it different? W what's the deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, good question. So cycling power, if you're looking at cycling power, I specifically worked for a company called Four Eyes Innovations. And so there's quite a few different cycling power meters out there, but Four Eyes made um, a crank that used strain gauge measurement and accelerometers. So this is direct power that's um, coming off of your pedal strokes. And so you can think of that as a mechanical power. Um, running power, um, there's quite a few products out there already. There's uh, Stride is kind of the biggest one that everyone's using, and it's just the pod and accelerometer. Um, and the cool thing about kinetics is we're actually using pressure sensors underneath the foot. So we're within um, we're within the, um, the insole itself and you can kind of, it's kind of analogous with those strain gauges. So we're looking at the direct force measurement and combining that with IMU data acceleration. And they're, they're pretty darn analogous. So they're both mechanical power, not metabolic power. Okay. Gotcha. So I feel like a lot of cycling nerds are going to be obsessed with these insoles for their shoes because they're like, oh, thank God, I can finally measure something that like feels similar. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really crazy to see. I'm sure you see it better than anyone. How many people are cross training between yeah. not only like cycling and running, but like there's a whole bunch that really lack one metric to rule it all. Mm -hmm. Um we're, we're pretty excited to be opening those doors. That's awesome. Um, okay. This sounds like a very busy life. Um, how on earth are you doing all of these things and still teaching and doing all of the stuff for fun too? Well, I think all of it's really fun. So maybe I feel like I don't need the downtime as much. Um, but 
having communities on both my undercard side and then my kinetic side that are both kind of rooting for the same thing, which is an active lifestyle, they kind of support one another. And so if I'm, um, I'm able to kind of balance it that way, where it's not one thing fighting for my time over the other, I feel like they're both kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And so even when, like when I'm not teaching at undercard, I'm only there three times a week right now. I feel like I'm there almost every day. So I'll either be working out there or having my social life there. Um, and so lots of, lots of coffee, a little bit of sleep, but it's, it's good fun. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. Boxing. Talk to me about your, your first boxing experience. Like how, how was that? So I, to back up, I was excited to get you on the podcast because I had gotten my sister and I a boxing lesson for Christmas for her. Um, and it was super cool, but then we, so we had like the first private boxing session. It was super fun. Just us with like a a woman instructor. Then we went to the like open gym session at that gym the next week, Mm a little less fun. Yeah. It was like 20 guys and like us, and a very, I'm going to say bro-y instructor that definitely made it a lot less inviting and a lot less welcoming, we're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how was that? I mean, is it just that undercards kind of had this like different narrative from the, from the get-go that made it much more compelling? Absolutely. So it's, so if you know Joanna, you know how um, she's this powerful female character in my life and the two other women that she started undercard with they are no different it was amanda hare and naomi uh Lebehan. and um right from the get-go they were focused on taking the fitness aspect of boxing and making it approachable for um our clientele which so it's in downtown calgary so we have a lot of office workers um we have the busy professional who's in the office gonna stop there on their way home get in, get out, you know, it's 50 minutes, start to finish, um, enjoy themselves, socialize with other folks, and then kind of get out of there. And so um, the when I think about what undercard does comparing to other aspects of boxing, sure, there's a lot that you're not getting, which is, you know, the reactionary stuff, um, a lot of the uh, application of sparring or even the technique with another person, but it's just taking the fitness aspect of it. And it's a phenomenal workout and making it a little bit more approachable. You mm-hmm. leave feeling like a badass, which is kind of the point of it. And so um, we're lucky enough. So we have David Rose, who's our head trainer right there. And he has like years, 20 years of martial arts experience behind him. So he gives you this feeling of legitimacy and teaches you what you need to know for this um the fitness aspect of it and says hey if you want to do more with it we can totally do that so i started doing more on the technical side with him and he was just so good at making it feel approachable um making it feel not so bro-y um and from there i started getting into muay thai and so i have my undercard world uh, which is boxing fitness we do tread classes we do weight lifting. I've got my kinetics work, which is, you know, we look a lot at all sorts of sports, but then I also, in the last two years, I've gotten into Muay Thai. Um, so I'm completely a student there, still learning, very at the beginning of my uh, Muay Thai journey, but um, this is at an actual fight gym, um, and I've, I feel very lucky because this gym I'm at, also in Calgary, called Smandich, uh, Team Smandich, 
Um, so many girls are there and that makes the biggest difference. Like every other weekend we have uh, women sparring and it's just, sparring can be such a, an intimidating thing. And it, it is like, no matter how good you get, like it's, it's still um, a lot of unknown. Um, anytime you're working with someone else, there's so, so many different variables and they do such a good job of teaching you how to work work with people of different abilities, whether you're the more experienced one um, or you're the less experienced one, which I usually am at this point. Um, but even just having that um, that uh, group of females there makes it feel a lot more safe and less testosterone-y. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's so funny. I hadn't really thought about boxing as like potentially a form of cross training until I went. And then when I got oh. home, I was like, holy moly that felt like uh you know not like a heavy strength workout but like my arms felt like i did a strength workout my core felt like i did strength like my legs felt like i did strength i could not believe it and i was like i also felt like it was a really good break for my or like a a mental workout too because mm -hmm. especially if you're like you know a one-dimensional runner or cyclist where you're like you go forward that's it like it really challenges you to use a lot of different uh mental mental stuff what is the like there's a lot of research about how the higher risk sports require a lot more like mental capacity and it's almost like a form of meditation in it and i i feel that quite a bit especially like when you're you're training either like reactionary stuff like we do in muay thai like you have to be so focused because the stakes are you know, relatively high. I mean, nobody's going to die in this case, no, but, but you like, might get punched in the face. Exactly. So like you need to tune in, you need to pay attention. And I don't know if it's just like the something about hitting something that like, you know, people always, there's, there's those, um, breaking rooms. Have you seen those? Where like, yes. doing, like break stuff, like just join a boxing gym. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Plus a workout. So bonus. Right? Yeah. Do you feel like boxing has changed how you approach like stresses in the rest of your life? Because I personally felt like even after like one class, I definitely felt calmer because I was like, well, you know, this is a no, this is an annoying email, but I'm not getting punched in the face. So. <laughs> okay. I often think about this whenever something's hard mentally for like work or I remember in university I'd be like well you could be doing a three minute round of kicks like I pull from that side I'm like now that would be hard that would be really hard you can do this email you can reply to this whereas when I'm boxing I like can completely flip the switch so if we're doing Muay Thai and I'm you know a three minute round of kicks I'm like oh at least we're not answering emails <laughs> like I, I don't know I've just been able to to switch where my, where the worst thing is. The grass is greener where I am. That's what I'm trying to find. I love that so much. <laughs> it's so funny. I think I've probably said this on our podcast before, but there was an article in a triathlete magazine, probably 15 or 15 years ago, maybe. And it was just like this little op-ed piece. And the, it was the, up, the upshot was like a woman not wanting to do her workout. And she was like, I did an Ironman. I can run for 20 minutes. And I think yeah, about that yeah. all the time. And I feel like boxing is the exact same thing. Like I could be in the ring for this long. I can handle this work meeting and like show up and, you know, kind of be a boss in it. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. Yeah, do you no, but you definitely feel a lot calmer after. Mm -hmm. I also find myself <laughs> like almost maybe because I know it's there as a release where like, 
I feel like if I don't do it for a while, I like start itching for it. And so I'm, I'm sure that's with everyone in their own kind of specific sport. Like you almost crave the challenge and the burn of something that you're controlling compared to everything else outside of your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, do you feel like as far as the mentality goes, do you feel like it has improved your confidence in, in like maybe, you know, showing up at work and I don't know, like how you put yourself out there. Cause I feel like even one class like sort of made me feel like a little taller and a little bit more yeah. in charge. I think for me, there's kind of two aspects of that. There's, um, I think about how I'm starting to learn Muay Thai and I feel comfortable being the person that doesn't know a lot in the room. And I think that the, once you figure out how to not know something in one case, it's really easy to go to from situation to situation being like, Hey, I'm here to learn. I'm here to ask questions. I'm okay being wrong. Um, so like for me, there's that kind of more broad side of it from like a boxing Muay Thai perspective. I don't know. I'm a 20 something year old female who lives in Calgary. Like there's, I know you grow up hearing all these stories. You kind of always have to look out around you and just like feeling like you'd be really hard to kidnap. That's kind of the the best feeling in the world for me. <laughs> I'm sure I can. <laughs> I want to be harder to kidnap. You know, I, I like that. Back. Yeah, I'm like picturing that on a sweatshirt. Uh, like really hard to kidnap undercard. Was <laughs> in it to Oscar. <laughs> so good um okay here's like one very practical thing I'm very curious about and maybe you just didn't have a problem with it uh when I when I was doing the boxing class I had such a hard time with my left and my right do you have any tips for getting used to figuring out the like left versus right because I definitely like punched myself in the face going for the wrong hand Molly I okay you are preaching to the choir so (laughs) on your card use numbers mostly and so you've got your jab, which is number one, your cross, which is number two, lead hook is three, rear hook is four, uh, lead uppercut five, rear uppercut six. And so, okay, you can learn all those numbers. That makes sense. Odds are on your lead side. Evens are on your, um, on your right side. Um, and then when I go to my Muay Thai, sometimes some certain instructors will start using left and right. And I, it's just like my brain, like those neural networks aren't really there for me. Um, I, I struggle with it too. And the, from an instructor point of view, I am impressed with these people who can um, call right and left and know exactly what's going on because so I'm an orthodox fighter. So my left foot is forward, which means my left hook is my lead hook. But for someone who's left-handed or a southpaw, their left hook would be their rear hook. So it kind of changes based on if you're left or right. So for me, um, the numbers are a little bit easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that just, yeah. So, so difficult. <laughs> I, I, I completely feel you on that. <laughs> I also couldn't quite figure out the hook to be totally honest. I was trying to get a right hook and there's just something about the swing to it that I just, I feel like I just look like a doofus and my arm is just like flailing about. Is that like a normal thing or am I just weird? I don't know. Specifically, you're right. I don't love a rear hook. Like okay. your lead hook is a lot easier because you can kind of like send your weight back with it. Your rear hook, you don't have as much uh, weight to kind of throw back. So it it does feel weird, but it's, it's again, like any kind of sport, you're going to feel ridiculous when you do it for, mm-hmm. for 
so, so long. And I think boxing, especially there's something about it. Maybe it's kind of how it's all choreographed and it's, um, there's so many degrees of freedom, meaning there's so many ways you can be wrong. Whereas in cycling, like yeah, your feet are clipped in, you're going around. Like yeah. they are flying all over the place, but boxing, they can. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one direction. Um, yeah. Okay. So take us through just like a, maybe let's talk about like an undercard class versus sort of like a, a what you would do in a Muay Thai session. So when someone yeah. shows up at undercard, like what should they be wearing? What should they be expecting? How does it go? I feel like for some people, and I'll include myself in this fitness classes are like boxing or something like that is super stressful because you just don't know what to expect. So I feel like we're, we're going to break down what a couple of these things look like. Okay. Absolutely. Someone walks in, you you walk in, you're going to need to wrap your hands. And so, um, that's just like a muscle memory thing. And it's interesting. There's so many different ways to do it, but you just need to wrap them so all your fingers are wrapped, your knuckles, your wrist. Okay, you're wrapped. You either have gloves, you grab gloves there. You know, they're 12 ounce, they're 14, they're 16 ounce. All good. We're just hitting the bag. Doesn't really matter. You're in whatever you want. You want to be in leggings, sure. Shorts, whatever. Some like retro sweatsuit. I support it. I, someone did it in jeans once, which wouldn't be my recommendation, but I appreciate the dedication mm-hmm. to not wrestling a class. Um, so boxing, you use um, in general, like shoes. Um, there's a lot of different martial arts that are barefoot, but here at Undercard, we're wearing shoes and you come in, you hang out for a bit, you put your stuff away. And um, the nice thing about these, so it's all kind of like that spin, as I said, so it's all music-based. So uh, as instructors, we plan everything beforehand. Um, so you know you're going to go in on time, you know you're going to end on time you kind of are guided through the workout um without much leniency to kind of changing it up which is um really nice to go in feeling prepared with that and um so we say it's a boxing class but honestly like what we're trying to do is we're trying to use boxing techniques taking the fitness from it and then um you know combining it with all sorts of other kinds of functional fitness so you got your squats you got lunges um push-ups we want it to be fun like you're not having fun with it you're doing the wrong workout um so a lot of our instructors they're all um have you heard the term enter trainer yes (laughs) yeah yeah, i love that i love that term like we've we've got so many different characters on there that just you know kind of have their own style on it own spin on it some of us a little more technical david rose super technical uh jared and then others you know taking more of a choreography point of view with it so it's, it's nice to kind of know what you're going into, but also have uh, the variability from instructor to instructor. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, different instructors will kind of break it down differently. So if you want to um, stick to the basics, they give you options. If you want to advance, try other things out, for sure there's, there's options there. Love it. And I feel like this sounds like it's a great class for someone who maybe loves the idea of boxing, but is very intimidated about like a full-on boxing gym because it sounds like you can kind of get some of the basics from this feel a bit more confident around you know wearing the you know wrapping your hands wearing yeah. the, the gloves yeah. punching the bag so that when you yeah. do go into a you know a different boxing gym if you do want to kind of pursue the more technical side like you're you're just a little bit more equipped and calm about it versus walking in and just like i have no idea what's happening it's, it's the game 
gateway to tackle proxy. That's it's like a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then so that that class is is kind of what you get for like an undercard situation. Talk me yeah. talk me through a Muay Thai situation. Okay. So the gym I go to, um, it's more kind of the traditional fighting um fighting gym. So you have like different classes throughout. So like the same idea. You show up, you wrap your hands, you have gloves. Um, you know, there's different classes offered. There's like cardio classes. So maybe it's even those folks who aren't interested in sparring or doing with another person, just exercises on the bag, exercises on the floor, um, not music-based. Then you have technique classes where you're working with other people, kind of learning from each other. Um, it's uh, always fun. Like you, you kind of get into a, um, you've got your little groups here of these people that you're always working with. And I'm, I'm pretty tall. So it's, it's nice for me working with other people who are also pretty tall. Um, but then also like you learn to work with people who are shorter than you. Um, you know, like I've got my gal group that I work with there a lot, but like also working with some of the men as well, you've got technique there and then you have sparring, whether it's with the ladies, whether it's with other guys, you have pads classes. So there's really like so many different aspects of it that like, I use this term a lot, but it's a choose your own adventure. So if you want to go, you want to get really good on the bag. You want to get uh, really good working one-on-one -on -one with someone, but it's not going to be uncontrolled. Like, you know exactly what's coming. You're not training to fight. You're not training to spar. Like there's different kind of levels of impact that you can go into. Mm -hmm. Speaking of fighting, any interest in actually getting into that side of it? Or are you more of a... That's what you ask. <laughs> so... Um, quite a few of my gal pals um, at Muay Thai are, have fights coming up. And so I'm getting to watch them all, you know, prep for it and like seeing all that goes into it. And I wouldn't say no. I definitely wouldn't say no. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll mm -hmm. see. Do you feel like more women are getting into, into boxing, into Muay Thai, into these different modalities? I, I can't tell if it's. You know the thing where it's like, like you buy a blue car and then all of a sudden you see it's there's so many blue cars out there. Yep. For me, I feel like in my world, I'm like, all women do this. <laughs> like this is like everybody's doing this. Um, I like to think more women are comfortable getting into these sports that were primarily male dominated. Mm -hmm. um, there's if I look from like a consumer point of view. Um, there's definitely a lot of like boxing athletic wear companies that are coming out specifically for women, which is kind of a sign that that's picking up, um, as well as, uh, a lot of like women tournament tournaments in specifically the Muay Thai space. Muay Thai has always had more women in it than, uh, boxing specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely picking up. Yeah. I think you're totally right about the, uh, when you get a blue car, uh, situation. Cause yeah, the, yeah. the like week after my sister and I went to this one class, like suddenly I'm looking and like, I found a, you know, boxing gym that just does women's stuff. That's you know, yeah. right on her way to work. So I was like, here, I've signed you up for this now. So my poor younger sister is now just like trapped in this like world of me deciding she's like she, she liked it so I was like good okay here look I found women's classes and like you're signed up for this thing this weekend and like every Friday and she's just like Molly why are you doing this to me like I've ordered the heavy bag to the house um <laughs> oh, so fun. So fun. 
It's either I'm like the best or worst older sister ever. I can't really tell. Um, but I'm very excited for her. Too. Okay. I want to come back to Undercard because you've mentioned music and the playlist being super important a few times now. Any tips on curating the perfect workout playlist? Ooh. Okay. That's such an individual. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a journey. Joanna, uh, when she was at Undercard, very. um, So she's a DJ at her nightlife, um, her outside of her day job. But you got to take people on a journey throughout it. So you have one hype thing, you got to drop it down the next one. You can't have more than three is kind of my general rule, as well as you have switching up, um, switching up genres for undercard. I like having something for everyone in there, uh, but definitely putting my own, my own little spin on it. So my dad, who I mentioned would go to spin classes. Now he comes to my boxing classes and um, he's a, he's a pretty cool guy. So I don't have to like censor myself too much, but sometimes, you know, I'll be building a playlist and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to hit hard. And then I'll be in the middle of a class and I'll be like, oh yeah, the next song, mm, I kind of wish I didn't put this one in it with my dad in the class. <laughs> but <he's- laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, think about who's coming to your class next week. Uh, decide then. And um Anyway, like the important thing is that people have fun, like, and I feel like people have fun when they think that the instructor's having fun. As soon as you have an instructor who you're like, they don't want to be here, that ruins it, that ruins the image, it ruins the feeling of the class. So one mm-hmm. surefire way to do that is the instructor enjoys their music. Sure, it's really easy to get into. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do like theme classes as far as your music is concerned? We do. So theme classes, great fun. One step even better than a theme class, theme class, team teach. So um, we did one in the fall and it was boy bands versus girl groups, part one. So it was like everything, like all the original ones, we had Spice Girls in sync. And like that just, I don't know, you have to get super creative with that, like where you're finding remixes and, um, you know, people dressed up, we dressed up and it's just, don't take it too, too seriously. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we also did a punchella. So that was a Coachella uh, with punching. And so everyone had to choose uh, someone who was playing there. I had Beyonce. So it was Beyonce themed for me. Amazing. And that was, that was pre COVID. That was good fun though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's so good. How did, uh, how did COVID, um, kind of play out with you guys did you shift any virtual stuff or how did that work yeah so COVID was so we're out of Calgary so we had um kind of a slightly different experience than um the U.S. slightly different than the rest of Canada but the at first when COVID locked down um we were doing online stuff uh live stuff which, which was really fun to still see your usual clients uh, working on their living rooms, you know, snooping, you're seeing everybody's houses, as you do when you work from home too. And um, we opened up again during the summer, limited capacity. Um, and then, you know, it was, there's so many roller courses. I don't even know what wave we're on now. But um, after the second wave, um, I think during the second wave, I guess, um, we were, the owners were trying to figure out what this new undercard was going to look like in a, in a post pandemic world. And so the location of undercard 
super huge, super prime location. And there were areas of the space inside that we weren't utilizing for uh, everything that we could. So um, over the break, they did a whole kind of revamp. And instead of just having the boxing classes, we also now have tread classes, uh, which are my favorite right now, and uh, lift classes upstairs. And so um, this was actually really like, like business-wise, really great decision, but also safety-wise as people were coming back, still kind of nervous about that. We were able to have these smaller tread classes, these smaller lift classes, these smaller boxing classes, and really take advantage of the, the whole space there. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, tread classes. Mm -hmm. what, what is the deal with them? I'm seeing them pop up more and more and is it literally just like a class and you're like a spin class, but running? So the way we do them um, aren't music based. It's more interval based. And okay. so um, I'm teaching a tread class and I, so I'm an engineer. I don't do a lot of like, you know, the technical engineering, but I still have that like love of just taking different variables and, you know, holding one, adjusting the other. So what we, what I generally play with is, uh, gradient, um, work time, rest time, speed, and uh, we have some pretty cool techno gym treadmills. So we also have the parachute function and the sled push function, and just like yeah, they're they're pretty fun. So just taking um, so many variables there to work with, and just kind of creating I don't want to say predictable, but like patterned classes. So you're like, okay, today we're messing with sprint time and different gradients, and kind of taking people on a journey there. Those are interesting because, so the boxing classes, um, I do a lot of the workout with it, with the, with the class, whereas um, tread, we have limited treadmills and it's a lot different to be sprinting and giving direction than it is to be coaching behind. And so that was kind of my, my first foray into completely not doing the workout as it, as it's happening. And, you know, you put someone in like a three minute kind of steady state run and it's like, man, I got to start storytelling. So it's like, you know, you're diving down like your family history. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, I, yeah. I just spent an entire night with a pacer who, uh, who really had to dig deep on stories to tell for 12 hours of, you know, evening. Oh, I bet. Oh, like God bless her. And I'll have to do the same for her this summer, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even three minutes is hard. So <laughs> it, is, it is. You're like, oh, <laughs> it's like wow that's uh that's an interesting story it's like the least interesting story in the entire universe by hour 10 but like you're just scraping the bottom of the barrel um yeah, yeah. <laughs> my last trip to costco you would not believe what happened and you're like oh wow yeah yeah costco great oh god <laughs> i mean there yet like you know what i'm gonna speed up just to just to get this done like can't can't listen to this anymore hey that's a strategy mm -hmm. that's yeah i think cool. she might have been like purposely boring by the end just i would like just speed up a little bit more <laughs> oh, you talk taxes and you're like Ugh. Uh, okay so what is like a week of training like for you with all of these things and i mean I know teaching is sort of this weird like semi training but not really yeah. like you get a little sweaty but not not totally uh, so yeah, what, what's a normal week look like? So a normal week, um, okay, I've, I've got names for the day. So me and my friend David, we do Sunday, Monday. So that's leg day. We're lifting. 
depending on if we feel like we've been lifting too heavy and we're losing some of our athleticism, or if we feel like we've been doing too much athleticism stuff and we're losing some of our muscle mass, we'll kind of, you know, build that differently. But Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday, Muay Thai, Monday, Muay Thai. Okay. You're seeing a theme here. Bear with me for Tuesday, (laughs) Tuesday, Titty Tuesday. Okay. So we're working chest. Um, well, just like upper body in general, but you know, it has a better ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I teach on Tuesdays as well, but, um, I don't generally for better or for worse, like I kind of count the teaching as not necessarily in my workout, just like, you know, I'm there, I'm having some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so titty Tuesday and then Wednesday we do Muay Thai again. Um, no Thursday, good name for that. No, I know. And we try really hard. We try really hard. Um, Thursday can kind of be variable. Sometimes we do mobility. Sometimes um, if I am left to my own devices, my own. Yeah, your own devices. You're good. There we go. I said devices. Yeah. Um, Then, and I can't make a Muay Thai class, then I will do more legs because legs are my favorite to work out. I like to kick, so you need strong legs for that um and then friday sparring and uh, every other saturday um ladies sparring so it's, it's a pretty full week um rest super important i have a whoop band and um it is often like hey girl you're overreaching like have you thought about sleeping but it's, it's all fun and games to me and you know i, I check in if it's if i feel like i need rest i'll take it um usually try to rest one day a week and it's, I get, I get bad FOMO though. It's, it's also fun. I know. Yeah. No, even the day after my hundred miler on Sunday morning, I like got up or no, sorry, Monday morning, I got up and my friend was on the Peloton and just spinning yeah. and I was so jealous and had such FOMO and I was like, right? I'm struggling to walk downstairs and I'm still just like feeling super like sad that I'm not on the, the bike. It's, it's, you're like, how did I get here? How did I run 100 miles? And now I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. She's having like, She looks like, yeah, it looks so much fun. It's not fun at all. I don't know what I'm even thinking at that point. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. But the sparring part is really fun. Um, that that seems like more fun than seeing someone on the bike. Um, I guess, okay, so actually, as we're wrapping up, uh, sparring, also super intimidating. Yeah. We didn't really touch yeah. on that too much. Any tips for someone who, who goes to their first sparring thing? I mean, assuming they, you know, they understand their left from their right and know how to like yeah. kind of throw yeah. a punch. I'm like throwing the girliest punches ever at the, the camera right now, but you get the idea. Um, I get it. I get it. <laughs> tips for not, uh, not getting punched in the face or not being worried about being punched in the face. I'm not really sure which one's more important. You shouldn't be worried about it because you should be with people who are controlled and know your level and so nobody wins if you think someone's going to win at sparring nobody's going to win so it's you both have to learn and so um being with good sparring partners being with a good gym that has good sparring partners means that they're gonna um, kind of test the waters out with you right away and if they see that you're kind of fresh to it they're just going to be super gentle uh, it's not about power when you're sparring. It's not about um, knocking the other person out. You should be able to do it super, super lightly, super technically, and and both have a good time. The technically, I think, is exactly 
like where I was sort of not getting the right instruction the first time I was in because like someone, the like older guy that got stuck sparring with me was like, no, like try to punch me as hard as you can. And I was like, I don't think that's actually what you're supposed to be doing here. Like I've read a couple articles about this and uh, right. But I think he wanted me to have like the like bro-y experience of throwing like a hard punch or something. But it it just left me feeling very like fake. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It was a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah, Sparring shouldn't be like technical. It it should be fun. Like you should feel like you're playing almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a playful thing. Yeah. The, the one great thing that I heard from the one class or the one lesson I did was that the idea of like the boxing salsa where like the footwork is actually very much like salsa dancing. And I, loved that that made me the happiest person so it's so like it's so interesting because the footwork seems to be a really tough part for people self-included like even at undercard if we're teaching just like little bits of footwork here I can look around a class and I can be like they were a dancer they have dancing experience like it's for me who I think at a tap dancing until I was 11 but like outside of that no dancing experience so that like for me, I have, it takes a while for me to wrap it around. And then you have these people who barely been boxing and they're just whipping out this footwork and I, I can pick them. I can pick them. <laughs> yes. So yeah, if you're nervous about going to a boxing class, consider a salsa class first. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Salsa is the gateway to boxing. I have heard that. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Okay. Uh, before we, before we wrap up here, tell everyone where they can find undercard. I know obviously you have to be in Calgary to, to get there, but, uh, we're going to find it online. Where can they kind of stalk the Instagram to, you know, decide they need to plan a trip to Calgary. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We've got a lot going on out here right now. Uh, super close to the mat to the mountains there. Um, so it's undercard U N D R. So no E there C A R D. Um, so we're on Instagram at undercard, and then uh, website undercard.com. And so lots of great offerings there. So good. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting. I know this is like such a, a, a you know weird, diverse amount of topics I've asked you about. So thank you for indulging my, my various uh, interests here. Absolutely. That was just, you just asked about everything that I find fun. So thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week.